pain and suffering is caused when we resist our lives. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Hello, it's Morgan King, and welcome to Connect Back In, doing a little birthday celebration episode. And after doing some reflection, I want to share with you some life lessons that I learned um, while I was 36. I'm going to be 37 on Friday, so just a few days from now. And it's funny because I'm a Virgo, but I'm really not like a birthday person. I'm like, every day is my birthday. <laughs> Um, I buy what I want when I want it. I do nice things for myself constantly. And it's a special day, of course. And I love acknowledging it and kind of using it as my new year, if you will. So I'll reflect back, kind of think of the future. And I've changed so much this past year. For those of you who don't know, I had my first baby, my only baby, one and done, my son, Liam. And I had been, I think, five weeks, four four weeks postpartum um, when I turned 36 last year. So life looks very different than it did this time last year. I was on the struggle bus, no sleep. What the hell just happened? Very excited to be a new mom. Felt so blessed. But um, man, lack of sleep, that is just like a gnarly, gnarly thing. Um, but you go, you get through it, you figure it out. And in the past, prior to 36, um, when I became, discovered my spirituality, if you will, it was always there, but really focused and acknowledged it. I would do these like rituals that were very masculine. I'd be like my top five lessons, my top five gratitudes, um, at New Year's, I'd actually write a hundred gratitudes, which was like a lot of work and actually not fun at all. And it's hilarious that I would put that constraint on it. Like, let's make spirituality hard. That was just the way in which I was used to operating. I was doing the best that I could. So um, now it's just a little bit more free flow. I'm like, oh, okay, let me just think about this. Let me just feel into it. And I came up with a few um, life learnings, nothing new. Majority of this podcast is redundant and it's meant to be because I believe hearing things over and over again can help us learn these new pathways and ingrains the message that we need to hear because a lot of us have been operating in a way that hasn't served us for so long. These are deeply ingrained patterns. And while we can choose to shift in a moment, there are times where we fall back in and that's okay. And I think just repetition is important. You don't just go to the gym one time and become a bodybuilder. It takes consistency. It takes practice, but also coming from the idea that you are already whole, you are already complete, you are already worthy, you are already enough. You are unlearning, if you will, the patterns that have taught you otherwise. 
So that's what this podcast is always about. All these episodes I record are about unlearning and discovering that you had it all along, that you've always been enough, and you don't need to fix yourself. You're not broken. You just have taken on other belief systems and thoughts that are not yours that are not true. And with practice, we find proof and it becomes our reality. And so the idea here is just really unlearning what doesn't serve you because there is a you. And through meditation, through uh, the meditations I offer on this podcast, you can connect back into that version of you, the knowing, the loved enough whole version of you. So I think repetition is important to guide us back there because, man, there are so many distractions out there. I fall in and out. It doesn't last as long. I have a bunch of practices that I can use that I share on all of these episodes to connect me back in, if you will. But I fall. I fall quite a bit. And it's okay. It's just not judging myself for that. And I'm a human. And in order for us to recognize the good, we sometimes need to experience what we refer to as the bad, the sadness, the frustration, the anger, and then recognizing that it's just a belief I'm telling myself. I can shift out of it. I hold the power and climbing climbing back up the emotional scale, if you will. All right. So let's dive into it. A lot of this is going to reference motherhood because, wow, what a journey that's been in the best way. Um, Huge, huge dream come true. I wanted a kid for 10 years. Um, I didn't do in vitro or anything like that. But if you don't already know, um, I was married before. I'm now married to my husband, my amazing husband, Tyler. His birthday is actually tomorrow. We're two days apart. Uh, pretty crazy how that worked out. But I was married before, was with that person for seven years. And he just woke up one day and was like, I'm done with this. And he walked out and I haven't seen him since. Um, it was terrible, but best thing that's ever happened to me in hindsight. Um, so if anybody's going through a separation or divorce, it's just guiding you back to loving yourself more. That's the short of it. I'm actually going to be recording an episode specifically for people who are going through a relationship um, separation or a divorce or something similar, just because I remember trying to find podcasts and I just couldn't find anything. And um, yeah, it's a journey. It's a process. So anyway, uh, <laughs> side tangent on that front. But what I was saying there is I had hoped to have a baby with that person and thank God I didn't. Um, they weren't into it. So fast forward, and here we are 10 years later and 11 years later, and I have a beautiful one-year-old boy. But motherhood is a journey. Um, wow. I was not prepared to have a baby 10 years ago. So it showed up perfectly on time, as things always do, again, in hindsight. And um, a lot of these lef lessons will refer to that, but they're applicable to any area in life. So if you are not a parent, you are definitely going to get something um, from these lessons. So the first one is accepting what is instead of what I think it should be. Oh man, our brains convince us that we know what's best. Um, I've said this many times before, from our vantage point, if you think like, imagine yourself standing on the earth right now and zooming all the way out, right? We are so like 
I don't want to say insignificant because we're not. We're so significant. We're so powerful. We're such a huge part of all of this. And you are the only you there is. You are the only you there ever will be ever, ever, ever. So you're very, very important. However, there is a vastness to this universe. It is so vast. And when you look up at the stars or the sky or the moon at night, you can recognize that. And just know that there is such a bigger plan going on. And from our view, our perspective, it's so hard for us to see what is best for us in that moment. For example, like my divorce, like at that time, of course, I was totally shredded, like worst thing that's ever happened to me ever, ever, ever. I was like, victim, why is this happening to me? Why can't I find love? Like, all of my dreams are crushed, et cetera. And through some soul-searching modalities that, like I said, I'll create another episode for. But I discovered that, man, am I ever glad that that happened, you know? And I'm sure you have circumstances in your life that at the time were incredibly challenging. And you're grateful that they happened because they taught you something that guided you back to loving yourself more. I really feel like that is the end goal. And let's just dive in to number two. Or I have actually one more note on this. Um, so accepting what is instead of what I think it should be. Pain and suffering is caused when we resist our lives. And by thinking something should be different than it is, not accepting it and just saying, okay, this might be challenging right now. I might have fear and worry that comes up, but I know that that's not real. I know that I am a child of spirit. I know that I'm supported and loved, and I'm just going to let this thing ride out. And that takes immense trust. And that is a muscle you grow over time through life's challenges. And each time it gets easier and easier because you have these reference points. Like I just mentioned my divorce, my dad passing away, and then my uncle getting cancer and passing away, and then my grandpa passing away, like all within a very short period of time, taught me so, 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 so much. I am who I am because of those experiences, and I wouldn't change them. Well, yes, I couldn't give my right arm to hug those people who have since passed in the physical form. My relationships with them are stronger than they've ever been. And my whole belief around how life works and my ability to be a coach and share that with others is so strong because of those experiences. But when I would resist them and want them to be different, why is this happening? It should be different than it is. That is where the pain and the suffering would come from and not recognizing that I am supported. So if you're going through a challenge right now, recognizing that your ability to trust and accept, trust would solve all problems now. That's from A Course in Miracles. And just feeling into that, what if I could trust more? Or even bigger, how would I show up to this circumstance if I love and respected myself and knew that I was supported, trusted that I was supported? How would I show up differently if maybe finances are low, my partner left me, I've been diagnosed with an illness? How is this guiding me back to loving myself more? And if you can't see it in this moment, that is 100% okay. You are where you are. 
they will meet you. If you open yourself up and say, I am open and willing to see where my greater good lies, that becomes your affirmation through the challenge you may be facing. Holy mackerel. What shows up from there is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You are like, oh my God, this has been here all along and I wasn't able to see it because my perspective was on me being a victim, me being not supported, not supported, not loved, right? All right. So that was a big one. That was like, holy crap, because not really sleeping and worrying and my my recovery took a lot longer than I wanted it to. So I wasn't able to be active and take action and work and do all this stuff. But when I accepted it and was like, this is such a short period of my life and allowing myself to not have the movement I was used to, to not be as sharp as attack businesswoman and to just flow and to trust. It really made the process a lot easier. And I wasn't always that way, but it taught me this lesson yet again. Number two is I know what I'm doing. So especially when my son Liam was younger, I did baby wise, which is like a feeding uh, schedule. So you I believe, I don't even remember it, which is hilarious because I read the book and learned the process and was very tapped into my masculine energy, which is like the the process. What are the steps, right? And as a mom, you are overflow with feminine energy after you have a baby. Holy crap. I would like be so connected to Liam that like my husband would almost be blown away because I'd be like, oh, he needs a diaper change. And that's exactly what he needed. Or I'd be like, oh, he needs a bottle. And that's exactly what he needed. And I just knew what he needed when I would listen. But I would get distracted and I'd go to all these online forums and be like, what's the right way to do this? What's the right way to be a mom? And it's crazy how much information is out there. You can literally find information to validate anything that you're trying to validate. So uh, they should sleep less. They should sleep more. You should feed them more. You should feed them less. They should sleep more like little breaks, long breaks, whatever, right? And that's life. Like you can find that for anything. So any belief that you hold, you can find information and proof to back it up, which is terrifying, but also great because it means that you're in control. If you create a belief and you want to find factual data for it, you can if your eyes are open and available to it. But anyway, this would put me on a shame spiral because I'd be like, oh my God, I don't know how to be a mom. What if I'm doing this wrong? What if I'm doing this wrong? What a shit thought that is and how much fear and worry that creates in our lives. And I'm so guilty of this. I remember first going on this journey and always being like, how do I do life right? And it's a question that still comes up for me. Am I living life right But guess what? The only person that can answer that question is you. Only you know if you're living your life right. Because you are the only you there is. You are the only you there ever will be with your perspectives, with your experiences that you've had so far in life, your desires, how you view the world. Your journey is so unique to you. Ain't nobody able to decide what's best for you. It's so much easier for us to give people advice, right? This is what you should do. And I actually, I don't mind advice from people because it's almost like a gut check 
whatever they say, if I resonate with it, great. And if I don't, then I have new information, right? So advice isn't necessarily bad, but assuming that someone knows better for you than you know for yourself, like we don't even know ourselves. So how can someone understand what is best for us from their perspective, right? They're only using their frame of reference. So just reminding yourself that you know what's best for you. And actually, sometimes when we look outward for the answer, it just clouds and muddies what we know to be true for us. I've done an episode on what does success look like for you? And when you're working from a framework that is not supportive to you, like maybe to someone, it really matters that they have time freedom. I mean, we all probably want that, but maybe you don't like that. It makes you really uncomfortable, but you're working with their framework or you see them as successful because they make lots of money, but everything else in their life is falling apart and you can't see that view. So you're like, okay, I see them working 40 hours a week. That's what I need to do. And you do it and you're miserable, right? And that is a great thing because then you know what it's not. When you know what it's not, what what the path forward is not for you, then you know closer to what is for you. Trust me, you know what you're doing. You may have just been distracted or maybe you've taken a few quote unquote wrong turns, but it's only directing you back to your path, just like that GPS system. So you put in the address, you are where you are. You put in the address, it gives you a route. Maybe you take a wrong turn or you take the scenic route or whatever it is, but you'll always get to your destination if you trust that you will take this next step forward. And yeah, there might be detours, but you'll be recalculated. You'll get a new path and you cannot do it wrong. You cannot do it wrong. Okay. So number two is I know what I'm doing and so do you. And that is a great affirmation. I know exactly what I'm doing because how often Do we tell ourselves, I don't know what I'm doing? And your words are so powerful. Okay, number three, it's safe to be just as I am. Not using the present moment as an obstacle to get through. Crossing things off a list, doing, taking action feverishly. It's safe to just be. I can just be. And when I was so tired, I didn't have the energy to do the things I was used to doing. And it was really frustrating. Like the universe taught me this in the way they were like, the only way she's going to learn this is if we make it so she literally can't walk anywhere. (laughs) And then she'll sit down, she'll be pissed about it for a couple of days, and then she'll learn to accept it and embrace it and be like, oh, this isn't so bad. And specifically as someone who is in charge of their income, right? An entrepreneur, I didn't take maternity leave. I didn't um, do disability. I didn't set that up. And I think that's great. You probably should do that if you are an entrepreneur. I just didn't even think of it. And so there I was just kind of worried about, oh gosh, I'm not working, right? So if I'm not taking action, then no income is coming forward. It really was driven by money, which is unfortunate, right? What a bummer. These first few months with my brand new baby and I'm worried. Like it's a human thing, right? Like that seems real. That seems true. But when I trusted that being a mom is enough, taking care of myself is enough, 
supporting a new human is enough that I would be supported by the universe and really instilling this belief in myself, which can be really challenging when you're physically exhausted because your brain just reverts back to its old song and dance. Oh, you need to work hard to make money. If you're not taking action, you're not going to get clients. What are you going to do about your bills, et cetera, et cetera. So dramatic, right? They have the same thought reel over and over, and yet it still traps me in it. It's hilarious. I'm just like, you're not creative at all. You literally do the same thing every time. But recognizing this, and then I connected back in, trusted that I would be supported, and I had a client who was a friend and also my amazing financial advisor, and he reached out to me out of the blue. He wasn't planning to buy in California, he was actually planning to buy an investment property in Arizona first because I advised, hey, if you can do that, build down some equity, then you'll have more money to buy here because the market in San Diego is crazy. And long story short, he just calls me. He went to an open house, so I didn't even have to do a showing. I think I was six weeks or eight weeks postpartum. And I negotiated the deal over the phone. The agent was amazing. He got an incredible deal and it was magical. And I had to go to the property twice and we closed. So unexpected cash flow came forward out of the blue. And just that trust is what brought it forward. And yes, I had to take action, but very minimal. And it was awesome. And such a great reminder that it's safe to just be. And I'm not meant to do more than I can do. That is an illusion. And that brain, that voice that's speaking to you, telling you that you need to do more than you're physically capable of doing is a lie. And when you come from a lie, you cannot create a truth. So just being like, okay, when that comes up, when the brain is telling me I need to do more than I'm capable of, I need to recognize that something is off here and I'm listening to the wrong voice I need to go take a nap. I need to go for a walk. Maybe listen to this episode or another podcast episode of another podcast in general. Call a friend, watch some smut. It's what my husband calls it, like Real Housewives, which is kind of terrible. I need to stop watching that. Um, (laughs) But just giving yourself a break, slow down, and then you connect back in and you remember, oh yeah, I don't have to struggle. The struggle creates more struggle. And when you cut it off, you cut off its uh, its fuel source, if you will, and relax and let go. You remember, you know, it's safe to be, to be, to just be. Number four is patience. Oh my gosh. You have to have so much patience in life and as a parent. And not getting mad or taking things personal also goes in with this lesson. Like if my son, I make him his delicious meal and he takes it and he throws it on the ground. He's not doing that to be like, you know what, mom, your food sucks. I hate it. And you're stupid. That's not what that means. He's just like, this is super fun. I'm going to grab this food, smash it up in my hands, make a big old mess, and I'm going to have a great time doing it. And so not taking that personal and having patience and just accepting what is, kind of circling back to number one, just allowing it to be. 
And yes, at times it's more challenging than others, but recognizing that when I put myself first, when I fill up my cup by meditating, listening to nourishing podcasts or audibles, connecting with good friends, putting myself in the best circumstances possible, then allow me to have more patience, to not be reaction, like reactionary to circumstances, to respond in a way that feels good to me. Okay. I really dislike when he throws his food everywhere, but it's not a big deal. He gets enough to eat. And now I know that maybe next time I don't spend so much time on cooking his food. <laughs> and then number five, the Whopper, the biggest one of all. The If you take one thing from every episode I've ever recorded, love yourself. Because in the end, that is all that matters. How can you love yourself more? How can you give yourself more grace Relieve guilt that was never meant to be there in the first place. And know that you're always doing the best that you can. If you're even if you're here, you are so far along, so much farther than we give ourselves credit for. And you're doing a great job. Just reminding yourself of that. And choosing grace over fear, over guilt, over frustration. And giving yourself this so that you can in turn give it to others. I don't like the idea that we think children are manipulative. Oh, wow, he's got you wrapped around his finger. I've heard that a few times. No, my son is just trying to communicate with me. And he just wants a little extra love. It's studies have shown actually that parents who give more grace and understanding and empathy and love to their kids, it results them in being more um, self-sufficient, successful, and more loving to themselves because you're modeling the behavior that they should treat to themselves, right? And so instead of getting mad at my son for being frustrated or crying too much or whatever, it's he's probably tired. He wants an extra snuggle or a kiss from me and just having patience and loving him because it's all either love, an expression of love, or it's a call for love. All actions, A Course in Miracles states, breaks down into those two offerings. So where can we give more love to ourselves and more love to others? A great analogy that I love Um, Alan Cohen talks about this in his book, A Course in Miracles Made Easy. And it talks about how sometimes it can be really hard to extend love, especially when someone is being an asshole, right? But now this is heavy, but he, there's a seminar and this woman is speaking and she talks about how there's just two choices. There's just two um, ways in which we respond to life is we express love or it's a call for more love in our lives. So when we're angry, we do mean things because we we need more love in our life. And if a respondent can give us that love, like how that could change that person's world. And this woman raises her hand and she says, I could never love Hitler. And she, the speaker says, of course, like I understand like where you're coming from, but imagine that he is a little boy. 
and his mother has mental illness, and his father is an alcoholic. And he's been taught some pretty cruel, harsh things about himself and about the world. And imagine that you were given the opportunity to express love, empathy, and support to this little boy, which would then result in such an impact on his life that he would grow up in a different way. And you would be able to course correct such a horrendous, historic experience. Given that opportunity, would you do it? And the woman said, yes, of course I would. And then later at the end of the speaking engagement, the woman who said that, of course she would, walks up to the speaker to thank her and her dress slips and the numbers tattooed on her arm appear that she was someone who experienced the Holocaust. Like how profound if someone can of that experience extend love to the person who created that whole experience, we can offer more love in our lives as well. And just imagining that anyone who is a jerk to you or is unkind is just calling for more love and compassion. It literally is magic. It takes a lot because your ego immediately goes to victim mode and says, who do you think you are treating me that way? But if you can come forward and say, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? How can I help you? That heals wounds in people's lives. And that act can change the entire trajectory of that person's life. So, all right. So here we go. 37. I'm pumped. Life gets better and better with age. I'm not a huge fan of all the wrinkles. I'm not sure what to do with that. But (laughs) that's future Morgan's problem. Some people don't even get here. So I feel blessed and I feel like each year I get more wise about life and understanding myself and loving myself and giving myself grace and other people grace and it just gets better and better. So thank you as always for listening. I hope you got something from this birthday episode and until next time. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In, and thank you for listening.